And welcome back to another episode of the Double Dunk Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thanks so much for tuning in today, everybody. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and read the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. Happy to be back with my partner in crime, Eric Warner. Warren Z, how are things? Good, good. Really happy to be back on the mic. Took a little bit of hiatus there. feel like hockey and coaching was just taking over my life, but playoff time has hit. I'm back into football mode and ready to talk some ball. Your Chicago Bears have the first overall pick since last time we spoke, um, yep. on the microphone at least. Thank very you, exciting. Lovey. So a very, very exciting offseason coming for Mr. Eric Warner. But the offseason isn't there for me yet, as the Eagles have beat, defeated the New York Giants 38-7 to on the fifth-year anniversary of beating the Minnesota Vikings by the same score of 38-7. to We'll touch on that game. If you're looking for more Eagles content, you can jump over to my episode with Thomas Peterson after, of course, you listen to this one. But we'll touch on it here. We're going to touch on all four conference championship games, more focus on kind of what's next for both of the teams that played in the games and kind of take it from there. So why don't we start with the Kansas City Chiefs against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, do you have the four? Was, was it 27? 27-20. The backdoor cover, baby. Ugh. I love it. Um, that was a sweat for for Jaguar spreads, um, but it, it came through. Uh, give me kind of just, I guess the big story is Patrick Mahomes' ankle, which we'll, we'll save that for now. But what did you make of this football game? I think that with a fully healthy Patrick Mahomes, that is obviously the biggest asterisk. How healthy is he? That the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. Okay. The way that Travis Kelsey just dominates the middle of the field makes this team so hard to defend. I don't know how you defend them. Like, what do you? What would your game plan be if you're a defensive coordinator? If you're Lou Anarumo right now, who is arguably the best defensive coordinator in football, he goes right so now. under the radar. Yeah. Ben Bengals defensive he, coordinator, by the way. What is he doing right now to try and slow down Patrick? Mahomes? I have no idea. I thought. The first drive of that game was the best Mahomes drive I've basically ever seen. <laughs> he had that crazy jump pass, that play where he held. Um, I, I don't know. Was it Tyson Campbell in the set? Or no, it was actually Devin Lloyd, the the, the linebacker. He holds it for a sec, waits for Juju Smith Schuster to get into the lane, then sidearms a dot on, on a slant route. Um, Mahomes was out of was playing out of his mind. I think it was the third down. He breaks the pocket and throws it to Travis Kelsey. That first drive was like Patrick Holmes' powers at full capability there. And that's I, what leads me to think yeah. that if he played this game fully healthy. So you're saying if he was healthy that they wouldn't have co- they would have covered the spread. I think yeah. so. I mean, Chad Henney did go 98, 98 yards. yards. I wanted to bring that up. 98 yards is for a touchdown. Henny deserves a little bit of credit um in this game. But yeah, 100 percent probably agree with you. But what what is what is what what are the Bengals thinking? I I have no no idea how you stop him. You can't stop him. You yeah. can't stop this. This offense is still like even without Tyree Kill, like they went from basically let's hit home runs to let's kill you with doubles and triples, and it continues to work. They are better without Tyree Kill. Yeah, their EPA increased without a top five wide receiver in their lineup. Mm-hmm. That speaks to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, their brilliance. They're as good as it gets. On Jacksonville's side of things, this was still a step in the right direction mm-hmm. this season. Overall, as a whole, the season has to be looked at 
as a positive. When you look at the AFC, everybody's going to say Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert. I'm almost ready to put Trevor Lawrence right there. He deserves to be there. I think I need to see a month into next season to see what he does with this offseason. But I think he's right there. And by, I'm going to say by October next season, I will have him in that group of the, I would call them the power four, make it a power five. Yeah, like they were double, the spread closed as double digit underdogs. So they were 10 point dogs. No one expected them to win the football game. I think this is, if you're Jacksonville, you're thinking like you gave, I do think there was a little bit of a missed opportunity. Though, right? Like their starting quarterback went out. Yeah. So, and like, this is a, if you're gonna, if there was a kind of a script for them to win, the script was going their way to start the football game. So, yeah, I guess there's probably disappointment from Jaguars fans there. But like in the big picture, no. But in the zoned in on the game, yeah. Like yeah. they sh- they should have been able to win this football game if they played well. And I thought that the Chiefs defense, which we can touch on now, I thought played really well. Yeah, but I still have just some concerns about their defense i'm not a spags guy i mean they in the first quarter i believe it was jacksonville's opening touchdown it was a wheel route to was it Zay- was it jamichael hasty no jamal agnew no it was too sorry who on the touchdown there? i thought it was yeah it i think was it was jamichael hasty receiving no it was christian kirk sorry. Christian Kirk. okay it was christian kirk and they were like wow doug peterson what a job getting Christian Kirk in space against George Karloftis, who was covering him. In my head, it was, what is Steve Spagnuolo doing? <laughs> Why is having... George Karloftis covering him? Yeah. Yes. Like, I guess Doug Peterson does deserve credit for that. But why George Karloftis would ever be dropping back in coverage, let alone on a wide receiver, is mind-blowing to me. I feel like Spags play, calls his defense like Patrick Mahomes is unstoppable. So he doesn't care if he gets burned because mm-hmm. he knows, oh, Patrick's just going to go down the field and get that seven back. That's That worries me because I do think this defense is going to have to get a couple more stops down the road now that they're going up against Joe Burrow and then potentially the NFC winner. I don't know what else to say about the defensive line. Chris Jones was a wrecking ball again. Still didn't get a sack, though. When is that first playoff sack going yeah, to come? Yeah, still wild. I think it's like 10 games now. Yeah. Frank Clark looked well. So, I guess my biggest question mark about Kansas City's defense was their defensive line. They played really well in this game. That's going to be the key next week against a banged-up Bengals mm-hmm. offensive line. Can the Chiefs' defensive line do what the Bills' defensive line could not do? I thought the Chiefs did a very good job of making Trevor Lawrence make a decision early and kind of rush him, um, if that makes sense. And I think Lawrence, when he looks flustered, he doesn't look very good. You even saw it in the Chargers game when he threw the four receptions. But he's got to like quickly make a decision. I think that that's when he's at his worst. And I thought the Chiefs did a good job of that. Like I thought they handled the Jaguars even as well. Of course, like you said, the Kurloff is play and. Maybe there was a couple other misplays, but I thought they did their job. Like, they only gave up 20 points yeah. in the grand blitz, scheme of things. You can't blitz Joe Burrow. <laughs> no, you can't. And I feel like that's Spags' only card. Really. Yeah. Blitz, blitz, blitz. Okay, big picture Jacksonville Jaguars. How can this team get better? Trevor Lawrence takes another step, which I mentioned. But I think all resources this offseason need to go towards the secondary. Okay. 
I like their group of wide receivers. Christian Kirk, we all judged the offseason contract. I don't know if I'd say he outperformed it, but he's he's not an overpaid wide receiver like everybody expected he would be. Do they bring back Evan Ingram? I'm not sure. I believe I believe Zay Jones still under contract. He is. He signed a three year deal. So I another contract everybody kind of assumed was an overpriced contract. I don't again don't know if he lived up to the contract, but I wouldn't say he's overpaid. I like the weapons around him. Travis Etienne looks like a solid bell cow back. I think that this team's going to take a step. It's going to be because their defense, their secondary, 32nd in DVOA. Yeah, pass they, they got torched against the pass all year. What do you think about their pair of edge rushers? Because I think if you ask the casual fan, they would say, oh, Josh Allen, Trevon Walker, what a great duo of young mm-hmm. edge rushers. Well, I think you what you what the problem what they should do is attack the veteran pass rushing market. You're hoping Trayvon Walker takes a massive step forward. He, I thought he was, I guess, would you say disappointing? Is is it? It has well, to be the word. The word, but the him, word has though. to be disappointing when he's the least talked about number one overall pick ever. Yeah. When he, when was he ever brought up? I, I think disappointing has to be the word there. Um, the vet, you, the good thing about like pass rushers and free agency, you can always find veteran guys that can contribute. So I think you need to kind of add to that pool. Looking at their their free agents, like Evan Ingram, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones was basically did nothing this year, so he's gone. I would look to bring back Evan Ingram. He probably might be expensive, but um, I, I think I think he did pretty well. He probably he might get more money in the open market. I thought Doug Peterson did a really good job of kind of scheming him up. Um, the thing is too is the Jaguars right now are currently say have negative thirteen million in cap space, so they have a ton of moves that they have to make. There are a ton of guys that they can get rid of, like Tyson, K- like sorry, Shaquille Griffin is el- is supposed to be making seventeen million dollars. They can cha- they can save thirty uh, thirteen million there. Rayshon Jenkins is slated to make a ton of money. They can like save six and a half million cutting him. Roy Robertson Harris, who actually played well this year, yeah. but he's a guy that they can they, that can they can save seven million dollars. Like there's a bunch of people that they can kind of move around. The one thing, and I don't know if you even remember this, but. Calvin Ridley's waiting in the in the wings. Ooh, <laughs> so call. Calvin Ridley's coming back or to the NFL and he's on the Jacksonville Jaguars. How effective is he going to be? Who knows? But they need to add speed. Like they need to get faster on offense. Like they don't have anyone that can stretch the field right now. Like Zay Jones is more of a possession receiver. Calvin Ridley's still more of a possession receiver, but he can still get deep. They need to add, like they should be looking at basically whoever ran a 4-3-5 to 4-4-5 four, four, in the draft. You take you can find guys maybe later, but they need to get the offense needs to get faster, um, in my opinion. Yeah, that is a good call. I completely forgot that was an under the radar trade. For I know Calvin Ridley. That's a good move. So that's that's got to be a positive there. The offensive line is iffy. I don't know. Like I did not know that they were that far under the cap. Mm-hmm. We'll see what their cap situation looks like after cuts. Yeah. See where the, if they can spend money. One thing I would say positive about Jacksonville is that they are in the AFC South. I don't see any of the Colts, Titans, or Texans really being exactly. Players it's next a bad year. division. Like they should, they could win the division with nine wins again. Yep. And just hats off to Doug Peterson. Like what the job that he did this year is incredible, in my opinion. They were the thirty-second scoring ranked offense last year. They were tenth this year. 
They're the like, first team in NFL history to go from back-to-back last place in the NFL to making the playoffs mm-hmm. the following season. But again, that was because of the division. Yeah, and just to be able to win a playoff game, I think, can do wonders for this for this team and the organization. Like, just getting getting this far, you get a little bit of playoff experience with, with Trevor Lawrence, another year with Doug Peterson. I think this team has a bright future. I agree. Okay, um, we, well, we can kind of skim by this game pretty quickly, but we'll just go in order of times. Philadelphia Eagles defeat the New York Giants 38-7. to I'll hand the ball to you. What you got? I haven't had a chance to listen to your episode with Thomas yet. I'm sure you guys will break it down way better than I could. Mm-hmm. Let's try to focus more on the Giants side yes, of things. Yes, we'll do that. their future. I thought this was going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. The Eagles blew the absolute doors off the Giants. This wasn't a game from... Basically, the second the ball was kicked in the air, the Giants won the toss. Normally, I'm a defer every time guy. I thought deferring in that situation I was would questionable. Have, I would have. I wanted the Eagles to accept the ball if right. they got it. I'm a defer the guy as well. I thought that, I mean, Dayball is my absolute guy. I will give him flowers all year. I think he did a tremendous, tremendous job. But just the way that game started to defer, give the Eagles the ball, Eagles effortlessly just march down the field, punch it in. And then the Giants, I believe, go three and out. Maybe they got one first down. I'm not sure. But they punt the ball back. Eagles go right down, score. Game was over. Mm -hmm. We weren't even 10 minutes into the game. And I asked Monica if she wanted to watch Breaking Bad. It was over. <laughs> it are was you watching over. Breaking Bad right now? Yeah, we are. Uh, have you never watched it before? I have. Monica. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, I was going to say, well, you're way behind. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it was over once uh, the Giants went for the – it was third and two. I think they're at the Eagles, like, 37-yard line. Hassan Reddick completely blows by Evan Neal. Sacks Daniel Jones. It's fourth and seven, fourth and eight. They go for it. Hassan Reddick reels does a it's a stunt uh, a stunt uh, D line he goes across the middle blows up the center and it was Daniel I think they actually gave it a sack and they ruled it incomplete on the play but Hassan Reddick completely blew up the game on that drive and then it was never it was never in question they, like there was no there was no doubt in my mind that the Eagles were going to win right there they drive down the field Defonta Smith scores a touchdown it was fourteen nothing and the game was never in question. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have much else to add. I kind of gave it all I got on the previous episode. But you you want to talk about the Giants? Well, we can focus on them. Yeah, because I think that they're – I think Giants fans should be positive looking at things. If you look at the New York Giants roster and said to me they would have 10 wins on the season, I'm including the postseason win to get them to 10 wins. Why, you would have to take that as a Giants fan. Yes, it was just, their wide receiver group is pathetic. Mm-hmm. Richie James is currently their, I would say, their wide receiver one. He is a slot receiver gadget guy. Like guys who caught balls this Sunday, sorry Saturday. Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins. Do you know who Lawrence Cager is? You know <laughs> I, who, I know him like. Like now, but yeah, but like before the season, Marcus, no. Do you know who Marcus Johnson is? Oh, he's an Eagles legend, baby. Was he <laughs> yeah, yeah, Eagles? he played for the Eagles, yeah. He played for the Eagles, Colts. He's been, he's bounced around. But these are the guys that Daniel Jones was throwing to, and Daniel Jones had a career year. Mm-hmm. 
So I think Giants fans need to be positive because you brought in Brian Dable as your head coach, and the thought process was hopefully Dable can get the best out of Daniel Jones. And with a, sorry for using this word, with a dog shit supporting cast, Daniel Jones had the best year of his career. Yeah. Um, what do you do with Daniel Jones' contract? Are you re-signing him? Like, this is going to be the basically the story of the offseason. So they, they declined his fifth-year option. So he is listed to become a free agent. Um, the NFL salary or the NFL uh, the NFL um, franchise tag right now is slated at just over $31 million. This is about $31 million? I think something uh, like right. – yes, yeah, I think it was like 29 last year. I think it's going up to just over $30 million. I think you have to tag them, right? You, you, you have to. T- or, but what is? So that would be a one-year, thirty-one million dollar deal. What does Daniel Jones get on the open market? Is he a above thirty million dollar per year quarterback? It's 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 hard to say because NFL quarterbacks never hit free agency. I know, uh, but we're gonna talk about him in uh, about in a while. But Dak Prescott's making fifty million dollars. Yeah. So what is the sweet spot for Daniel Jones where I wonder if the Giants try to get him on a, let's say, a three-year deal at a manageable number? If he says no, they're tagging him. Nobody wants to be tagged. I don't know. This is a messy situation, but Daniel Jones played himself into making more money than we thought he was going to make. 100%. He has to be the Giants starting quarterback next year, in my opinion. I think you have to give him a shot, at least. I'm looking at quarterback contracts right now. Like, so Kirk Cousins made $35 million last year. He was the 11th highest paid quarterback. Would you give Daniel Jones a three-year, $105 million deal? That's probably what he's looking for. He's yeah. That's probably fully guaranteed, too. Like, does, can Daniel, will Daniel Jones take a discount? And go into the see that's the thing. Like I'm looking at these NFL calls, like it, it's like you're paying him 35 million and you're not fucking paying him. Like there's yeah. no there's no in between here, right? Like right. Carson Wentz is the 13th highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now at 32 million dollars. Wow. So like Tom Brady is making 25 million dollars at the 15th highest paid quarterback. Yeah, what's like so there's it's it's yeah. an unpre- you're kind of in uncharted waters here. Yeah, and I mean, Saquon's unrestricted as mm-hmm. well, right? They have uh, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones um, are both free agents. Do you? The thing is, you bring them both back. You're you're hand, you're strapping yourself to these two guys. You need help around them. And look, Daniel Jones. I'm, I want to kind of just circle back to what I said. Daniel Jones has to be the quarterback next year, but he has a ceiling. I I think like I'm as an Eagles fan, I'm fucking fine. Sign Daniel Jones. I'm down. You know, like that's how you yeah. that's how you have to kind of look at it. like they're it was a fun season and the team played well and they can definitely get better, but you are believing in Daniel Jones, like who too has to probably take another step in his play if you want to win a Super Bowl. Daniel Jones right now is twenty five years old, so he's still young. How much more gas does he have left to take? How much bigger and better can he get? Yeah, you're right. They do at least on the cap sheet have $54 million to play with. Yep. So they're not, it's not like their hands are tied here. They have options, I would say. But like we are now, we're this is going to be the debate in the Giants front office for the next 
what two three months it's going to be a headache for until oh. they deal with it but the great the main message from this season should be an extreme positive season mm-hmm. this team i want to say over the last five years excluding this year they won the fewest games in the national football league over that five-year span they just won 10 football mm-hmm. games this year they nine just, tied they were nine eight one i'm including the Vikings. oh okay you gotcha so I think overall the message should be positive, but you're right. What is Daniel Jones ceiling? Even if they bring him back, run him back, give him some wide receivers. I don't see that doesn't get them into the and, division race. And you've looked at the wide receiver for agent market, I'm sure a thousand times. Yeah. It's not very like you being a Bears fan, like they need wide receivers too. Nelson Aguilar, Sterling Shepard, DJ Chark, Granel Cobb, Julio Jones, Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle. <laughs> Al Lazarge, Kobe Myers, Juju Schuster, Jarvis Landry, Akil Harry, Jamison Crowder, Sammy Watkins. I can keep Ugly. you naming you very mediocre wide receivers if I have to, but <laughs> that's where you're going here. Kenny Galladay. Yeah, like it's not it's not pretty. I don't think it would be crazy to like to say that they might have a worse or same record next year, even though that this year was so good. Yeah. Well they did they did have, I believe, the Easiest or second easiest schedule in the NFL this mm-hmm. year, and it's that crazy because Vikings win like was their most impressive win of the season, yep. which everybody in football agrees was the most fraudulent thirteen and four team in history. Yes, and the Giants, despite making the playoffs, they also like the Vikings had a negative point differential. Mm-hmm. So in the grand scheme of things, it's not like they were a good team, but on paper you would say that this team was a bad team just based on talent. And they found a way to win 10 games. They at least have the head coach and Brian Dayball. So maybe now that I'm thinking of it, Dayball got the best. Dayball was responsible for Josh Allen's leap. He was responsible for Daniel Jones' best year of his career. Maybe they don't have to bring Daniel Jones back because they have the quarterback guru at head coach. I know. Just what's on the other side of that? Who's the co- Who's the quarterback? I'm not sure. Like, are you getting Derek Carr? Yeah. Like, there's not – they're in such a weird spot, man. Dave Gettleman just – like, Joe Shane, basically, the Giants GM, went in and just cleared everything up, completely wiped all the contracts away. That's all they did. They just just cleaned house. And now the house is clean, and now you got to add stuff. But, like, you're stuck with this – now you're kind of in a rock and a hard place with Daniel Jones. You know the direction to go. So a little off topic here. I'm baffled. There's not a single 1,000-yard receiver on the open market. Wow. Juju Smith-Schuster. 933 yards is the highest. God. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's tough. Yeah, the New York Giants are in a tough spot. I don't know. I don't really have much anything else to add there. Yeah, tough spot, but still a positive year. End the old year with the new you and close it. I'll give you the confidence to tackle those 2023 resolutions. Thanks to our sponsor, True Classic. You'll have everything you need to hit the gym, take it slow, or cheer yourself to something nice. Let's get snatched in 2023. Daddies, I'm talking to you. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees, and now you can save big while you do so. For a limited time only, get 25% off with code DOINK at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good to certain body types. That's why True Classic's team designed t-shirts to make the fellas of all sizes out there feel confident in their clothing. These tees taper off toward the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. This is a desirable look that you can be that can be achieved by every body type. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with code DOINK. That's 20, 25% off with Code DOINK, plus free shipping, include on purchase over $100. New year, new me, and 
new mirror, new year, new me, and new tees. Thanks to True Classic. Okay, next game on tap. We have the Buffalo Bills. What was the final score? Was it 35 to 10? 31 10 or Bills, Bengals. Should have the final score in front of us. Excuse us. 27 10. Cincinnati Bengals beat the Buffalo Bills. The Bengals are going to the AFC like Championship game. Blow yeah, the game was not close at all. The Bill, yeah. I thought that was the worst Buffalo Bills game because oh. I watch, I watch all basically majority of Buffalo Bills games where Bills, mm. where we have kind of a soft spot for the Bills, even though we have our own favorite team. I'd say Buffalo's probably my second favorite team. I guess if you want to say that, that was the worst game I've seen the Bills play in the last two years. I completely agree. It was, it was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Hey, it was frustrating. Mm-hmm. And going into this game, I was talking to my boss after the Miami game. He's kind of, I would say he's a casual football fan. Like he likes football. He's not hardcore like us. And I was, he's like, oh, I think the Bills are going to go on a run, blah, blah. And I was kind of saying I was hesitant. And the reason I was hesitant was I have more confidence in the Bills converting a third and 10 than I do a third and three. Yep. That is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. What is going on with this offense? They cannot. Like, what's his name again? Ken Dorsey. It was deep or nothing. And I don't know if it was all on Dorsey. I think Josh Allen holds 80% of the blame here for this. I haven't I didn't liked Dorsey's offense for a while now. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reason the Bills were getting by was because Josh Allen was playing like a superhuman. And then when Josh Allen shows that he's a human, his offense falls off a cliff. Yeah, I just... There's something about Josh Allen in the last two weeks that kind of like hit hit a hit a spot in my well, brain. His, like I don't know what he was. He's careless with the football. Like and he just he didn't look right. Like he he looked scared a little bit almost. I don't know if scared's the right word, but he didn't look himself the last two weeks. And even like I guess he had a like he had a good year. Like can't get don't get me wrong here. He he did, but didn't he lead the league in interceptions or turnovers? Yeah, like he turned the ball over a lot. They had six turnovers in the last two weeks heading into this game. And I said my I said to my mom, like that's gotta be fixed. Um Josh Allen had a twelve point three air yards per attempt over the last two weeks. You can't live that way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's crazy. That's like that's nuts. You cannot win a football games that you have to be able to check the ball down. They they draft James Cook and it was a second or third round, whatever. He's supposed to be this receiving back. They don't utilize him that way. Devin Singletary hasn't been used that way. They they're, they they're not hitting anyone in short yardage, making allowing your quarterback to be able to throw that twelve point three air yards. Like it's back to his Wyoming days. Like he he had a fifty nine percent completion percentage in the playoffs. That's when it happened at Wyoming, right? He couldn't complete passes. That's what the difference was when he got to Buffalo. So. I think they got to get that figured out big time this offseason. I, I don't know what happened to him over the last two games, but yeah, I, I don't I don't have I, I'm I was very disappointed in the Bills. That, that was an ugly, ugly, ugly performance. And they have a ton of tough decisions to make this offseason. Yeah. And I mean, you and I have both been very adamant that they need to get some semblance of a run game. Mm-hmm. They haven't done it. We've been incredibly hard on Devin Singletary. I had to run the numbers today and look at their <laughs> offensive line. Now they're all all of them are better pass blockers than run blockers, but that's almost by default. Center Mitch Morse, 27th out of 35 run block. Roger Saffold, 71st out of 76. I think Saffold's hanging him up at the end of this year. Yeah, he's a free agent. He's gone. Bates, the other guard, 46th out of 76. Tackle Dawkins was 45th out of 79. 
And Spencer Brown, the other side on the right tackle, was 56th out of 79. So they did not have one offensive lineman who was in the top 70% of, like, they were all in the bottom 30% of run block grades, according to PFF. That means that's, that's what I'm saying. When I don't have faith in them getting a third and three, it's because opposing defensive coordinators know they have to throw it. Mm-hmm. They can't run the ball for two yards, let alone three yards. And if this team is going to take that next step, they have to be able to become more balanced. And Josh Allen can't be the guy running the ball every single time. <coughs> they need help on offense big time. Like, the receivers are just ain't cutting it. And Stefan Diggs just going absolutely invisible in the two biggest games in the divisional round last year against the Chiefs. I think he had like 10 yards or something like that. He had 38 yards in this game. He's got to step up in big moments. What do you make of the Diggs? Did you see Diggs and Allen on the sidelines? Anything there? Yeah. No, I just think that's the way Diggs is. He's an it's emotional, emotional guy. It's a, it's yeah. a, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's anything there. The media was trying their best to make something of it. Yeah. Diggs didn't take questions after he basically took his shit and left stadium like as fast as possible. So yeah. who knows? I, I don't I, I I don't see Stefan Diggs going anywhere. But um they need to give him help. Gabe Davis did not live up to the year two expectations that everyone gave him after after the four touchdown game in the division round last year. Um they Khalil Shakir looks like he's got a little juice in him. They used a fifth round pick on him. You can give him a third or fourth wide receiver spot, but then Gabe Davis is your third or fourth receiver. They need a number two in there, and they need a number two in there bad. I don't know where you get that, though. Like, you're going to be spending probably your first-round pick on that. And then you brought up the offensive line issues. They need to basically revamp three or four of the spots on the O-line. Deion Deion Dawkins is probably the only, would you say, above-average starter on that O-line right now? Yeah, he's an excellent pass blocker. He was 14th of all tackles in pass block, and I mean, left tackle you're going to prioritize pass block so he's a stud in my opinion the other four are all below or replacement level guys Mm -hmm. so i mean that can be viewed as a negative but you could also look at that as a positive as get just slightly above average players in there and their offensive line dramatically improves and they can you can do that and then i think there's this a pretty i think it's an how is the free agent offensive line market look? Have you taken a look at that yet? I haven't yet. I know my the guy I wanted so badly, Elton Jenkins signed. Yes. So he is off the market. I wanted him so badly just because of the versatility, guard or tackle, whatever you need him to play. There's some offensive linemen out there. I'm looking now. You can you can you can make something from this list that I'm looking at. Um, yeah. So you can. They should be able to kind of sign some offensive linemen, draft some, but again. This is another loss in the divisional round where they, they, well, they played well last year. This year they didn't play well. This is those are two golden opportunities for this franchise to kind of take this step. Sean McDermott's getting a lot of fire from Bills, fire from Bills fans, maybe rightfully so. Well, this is we're gonna have, uh, I'm assuming, a head coach hirings episode in a couple of yes. weeks or so. But this is why, in my opinion, you hire an offensive coach when you're trying to win Sean McDermott is a good head coach in order to be a good or a good head coach with a defensive mind you need a stud offensive coordinator he had that but guess what happens when you have that they get hired elsewhere yes and then you're back to square one I don't think it's a coincidence that the final four head coaches all have offensive backgrounds and seven of the final eight head coaches 
are offensive-minded guys. I I think Sean McDermott, in the grand scheme of things, is a good head coach. Mm-hmm. But you could clearly see Dable to Dorsey <coughs> was an adjustment, and it was a downgrade. I don't got nothing left on the Bills. I think I do have to uh, give Joe Burrow some credit. Oh, absolutely. Joe Burrow. Go smooth. Is he now the second best quarterback in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes? I think he's I think he's gotta be. I I mean it is impossible to say no because Back. recency bias. Yeah. We just watched him put on an absolute clinic. I mean, we didn't even talk about the Bills defense story, because I yeah. do have concerns about that unit as well. No pass rush whatsoever. The Von Miller injury was that hurt. And we said this offseason you like or Von Miller's not going to fix everything. Right. It was a Band-Aid over a broken wall. But, I mean, if you look at their secondary in Buffalo, like, Kyrim Elam, a rookie, he was 59th in he didn't play EFF. Well. Tredavious White slipped to 80th. Dane Jackson, yeah. 83rd. Like, their, their cornerback play specifically slipped. And a main reason why that I think I feel like their cornerbacks were overrated was because they have such excellent safety play. Micah Hyde got hurt. He's coming off a neck injury. Who knows what Micah Hyde is going to be? Jordan Poyer's free agent. Jordan Poyer also played the entire year banged up, I felt. Yeah, he had elbow injury. He fell to 49th. So I think the secondary as a whole, you see some names and you like them, but their plays really dip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they need... And I said this on a radio hit today. um, I... Thought this, thought thought this to myself after the game. How many elite players are on the Buffalo Bills? Like elite, elite. Like who? How many stars do they have? They have two: Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. That's it. I'm gonna give my guy Matt Milano. Okay, we'll give Matt. We'll give you Matt Milano. All pro. But but he's not gonna be all pro next year, yeah. probably. And like they need they need an infusion of talent quickly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like Allen's on the contract now. You're kind of in the depths with him. Stefan Diggs isn't getting any younger. Like the, the, I think we overrated this roster at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and, then and that was I on, remember, and I did too. Like I thought they were the best roster in the league by yeah. far, and then they were not. And at the beginning of the year, remember Josh Allen was playing like a superhuman, and it was, I believe we both said this is unsustainable. This type of quarterback play he was on, mm-hmm. and then once you saw him come a little bit back down to earth, this offense sputtered. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to love this conversation coming up here. The Dallas Cowboys go down to the San Francisco 49ers, 19-12, to and probably the worst game of the weekend. We, you said it before, very, very underwhelming divisional round weekend. I know. This is normally my favorite it's, weekend yeah, of the I year agree. by far. Mm-hmm. But I do think we have the four best teams in the National Football League playing next weekend. We should get to outstanding games. Both spreads coming in under two points. That is yeah. exciting. We love the DVOA stat on this football podcast. Football Outsiders does a great job with it. The top five DVO teams in the NFL. Buffalo, number one. San Francisco, number two. Philadelphia, number three. Kansas City, number four. The Bengals, number five. Yeah. Four of the five teams, and one of them, Dallas is six. Yeah. So, like, just goes to show... Shadow football size with that stat, man. You, you're doing well. You're doing something with it. Um, but yeah, it goes like the, I think I agree. I think the best four teams in the NFL did make the conference championships. But back to Dallas Cowboys, 1917 loss. Um, God, I don't even know where to start here. What? Let's we'll start with the 49ers and we'll transition to Dallas. Okay. Um, I thought the 49ers defense played unbelievable. 
I thought they, like Fred Warner, holy shit, probably one of the best linebacker games I've ever seen a linebacker play. Legit. I mean, you look at this vaunted Cowboys rush offense, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard combined for 16 carries for 48 yards. That's three yards a carry. They, they took that aspect of this Cowboys offense completely away. And that put the the load on Dak Prescott's shoulder. Mm-hmm. But yes, let's stay on the 49ers first before we get go to the Cowboys. 49ers defense has been electric all season. Are you gonna give my guy Brock Purdy any love yet? No, not yet. Um if he beats the Eagles, I got no I got no <laughs> chance to. Um, but again, he did he made the throws he had to make. Um I, I just when I watch him, I just I can't say like, okay, he's he deserves all this credit. Like he's throwing to wide open guys when he is making these throws, um, but he's not turning the ball over, which is important. So that Very I will important. give him love there. But yeah, if he defeats the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, I will definitely be the first one to give him some love. But you're not getting any Kurt Warner vibe. No, I'm not. He's getting something's got to give here. Okay, I can't. This can't happen. A seventh round rookie's not supposed to go to the Super Bowl. The world isn't built like this, Eric. I actually thought this might have been one of his worst games Mm -hmm. of his young, young career. But you made the very, very key point. Zero turnovers. And when you have this defense that we just mentioned, don't turn the ball over. You're going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the 49ers, like D'Amico Ryans, if he's not a head coach in the NFL next year, I don't know what the hell the league is doing. Um the, like the George Kittle played un- unbelievable on that one drive. He made those two big catches. He forced the holding call um, that basically got them into the red zone that o- that uh, opened up the door for McCaffrey touchdown. So he was he was awesome. I don't really have much else to give um, though on, on the 49ers side. We're going to be talking about the 49ers all week. Or yeah, I, I can't wait for the 49ers uh, Eagles game. Yeah. I was kind of I was looking at it. Are the 49ers better than the Giants at? Every single position. The 49ers better than the Eagles? Than the Giants. Giants. Oh, the Eagles. I e- think they are. Wait, like, are the 49ers better than the Giants? Yeah. Like, yes. The Eagles were better than the Giants basically at every position except for running back. Yeah. Yeah. And now, yeah, 100%. I was actually doing like the math like 49ers position by Eagles position. Like there's, you could make the argument like if you merge those two teams, it would be an all-star team. Like the amount of talent that's in this NFC Championship game. That's a good point. Yeah, that's like there, there's some stars like... Uh, across the board in that game, like this is two just talent, talented rushers going head to head. Okay, Dak Prescott. Let's talk about him. Fifty, okay, fifty-two quarterbacks in the NFL this season through at least a hundred passes. Dak Prescott would have ranked his performance would have ranked forty-fifth in EP per play out of all those quarterbacks just from a single game. Not a high sample size, but he was bad. Bad. I thought he lost in the game. I mean, yeah, we lightly, lightly talked about Joe Burrow there. But in the era we live in where every single thing is a stat, every single throw, where it's gone, every single thing, the amount of steps the quarterback takes, there is a stat for everything. The eye test and the swagger test still has to be a factor. And Joe Burrow's on one end of the spectrum when it comes to that. Dak Prescott is on the opposite end of the spectrum. When the Cowboys got that ball back, down seven, 
I'm not talking about their last drive. This would be their second last drive. Yeah. They went three and out. Three and out quickly. And they didn't even come close it, to gaining a yard. And Dak Prescott missed half. that throw to Michael Gallup. Yeah. That was a makeable toss. Dak Prescott had the time, stepped up in the pocket, threw it, and it was and the ball had to be on the inside shoulder of Michael Gallup. It was on the far right outside shoulder of Michael Gallup. Uncatchable. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't Michael Gallup made God and did his job to get open, and Dak didn't hit him. Dak continued to throw turnovers in this game. Two interceptions again. Oh, that first interception was awful. There was Michael no what Gallup was even looking at. Yeah. That was one where like there was he. If you say you were playing Madden, you could press the button whenever you wanted. There was not a single second where that ball would not have no, been intercepted. I don't right? understand. He like Michael Gap wasn't even in the like the camera frame. Greg Olson said it perfectly. I, I can't remember the uh, defender who picked it off, but he's like he ran the route for him. Yeah, it was. I think it was Lenoir. Lenore. Yeah, it was like Lenore just ran that route for Michael Gallup. Diamador, I love a Diamador. I, I, yeah. I, I was calling him Len. I was calling him Lenoir all year, but it's Lenore. Yeah, I so, knew that. Yeah. I'm reading his first name right now. <laughs> you didn't I'm, want to give it a shot. I, I remember his name because when I when he got, I think he got drafted two years ago. I always like before the draft go through Dame Brugler's mock and go find the coolest names, yeah, and he was yeah. on that list. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I remember it. Um, but yeah, like I thought Dak Prescott single handedly lost in this game. Maybe not single handedly, but he was a huge reason why. How? What do we make of the last play of that game? I think people are overhyping. It was it, so it was eighty bad. yards. They had to try something. I was gonna say I'd rather them do that than do some. Yeah. But what was the game plan behind it? Like, so I he think, caught the ball. Was he supposed to run back around? Like, I don't really understand what the the goal was. I think it was to either pitch it, maybe pitch it back to Zeke or something, get behind the O line, okay, and then throw another. I thought people way, way over worst play I've ever seen. It was like they tried they were something. trying something yeah. down going. I believe it was 77 yards. They had to yeah. go. You can't hail Mary that. So that makes sense. So Zeke snaps. No, but Zeke was so Zeke wasn't eligible as because he was a snapper, but he could got, got him as lateral. lateral. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But people overhyped that play so much. What people should have been talking about on that last drive, Dalton Schultz catches a ball. Fails to go forwards to get out of bounds. It, keeps the clock running. Then another throw. Yeah, boneheaded. He could have got two feet in bounds mm. there. If people want to, like, talk shit about the last drive, fingers should be pointed at Dalton Schultz, not Mike McCarthy. Yeah, man. Just self-inflicted wounds. Like, the, they should have been at, like, the 45, 50-yard line. Um, by the time that the Hail Mary started. Right, they would have at least had a Hail Mary yeah. opportunity. Not a 76-yard opportunity. And, I mean, Cowboys actually scored the first touchdown in this game. 49ers were up 3-0. They get the field goal. What do you think about the vibes on the sideline when Brett Maher gets another one blocked? Like, yeah. Do you think that, that was will, That ball was going into the stands. Oh, that was missing by 25 <laughs> yeah. feet. Like, left. it was blocked by, like, the far right rusher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It was like, it wasn't, that ball was not, that ball didn't stand a chance if it wasn't even blocked. So, uh, I don't, the Brett Maher thing was, was like a wild stretch for, I've never seen, like, a special teams player kind of go through it or even a player go through it like he did. But, that yeah. was the, the yips. Yeah, like like and you're watching it in live and 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 re, in real time. This guy just brain they circling like tough go. Um, Dallas Cowboys have a ton of decisions to make this offseason. Let me read you their free agents here: Dalton Schultz, 
Anthony Brown, Leighton Vander Esch, Anthony Barr, Trayvon Mullen, they already cut. Um, Noah Brown, wide receiver. Uh, Tony Pollard, Terrence Steele, Connor McGovern, Brett Maher, our boy. You can add Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> He's getting cut, I think. The they have, the, they have to eat. End. So I was looking at Ezekiel's contract. I don't know if I went to post-June cut. But he, they still owe him so much money. Yeah. Like I don't. He they he signed until twenty twenty seven, right? Yeah, it was. I swear it was like at the time the biggest running back contract at the time. I think I don't know what the. F- so if they were to cut Ezekiel Elliott after June first, they would have to eat five point eight million. They would save ten point nine million. I'm assuming there's probably going to be some sort of contract re- uh, reconstruction here. Yeah, because I forgot that Pollard was a free agent. That would be kind of bold to just move on from both. You, you, Pollard, you have to keep somehow, some way. Pollard's awesome. But you just made the mistake of signing a running back contract. Yeah, but how much money is Pollard really going to get? Like, is Pollard going to get Ezekiel Elliott money? Like, I don't pay a running back anything. Yeah, I know, but you have to. I, I get as what you're good saying. As Tony Pollard is, you can find Tony Pollard in the fourth round this year. Tony Pollard also broke his foot, right? So he's going to be yeah. coming off a foot injury. I think the Pollard injury actually kind of fucked up the Cowboys' offense pretty bad, too. Like, they didn't really have a playmaker. So, Ezekiel Elliott most likely gone, but I could kind of see them maybe maybe doing a contract uh, reconstruction. But I'm assuming they might just want to rip up to rip off the Band-Aid and just, like, go away kind of thing. Like, they have a ton of tough decisions to make here. Like, they, they I just listed off, like, six, seven starters on this team, Dak Prescott is due to make five zero fifty million dollars next year. Dak Prescott's over the age of thirty now, so it's not like he he is what he is at this point. Mike McCarthy's not going anywhere. Um, Kellen Moore might be getting a head coaching job, but even if he doesn't, are you even could you be interested in replacing Kellen Moore? Because Kellen Moore has had an awful season last year. Two years ago, he was great. This year, he was kind of mediocre. I don't know. I, I have no idea what Dallas does. They have like, they're in a tough spot too. Yeah, I, I mean, remember we are doing this a day later, so there is so much of course recency bias of how Dak looked. You can do worse than Dak Prescott. One hundred percent. Like Dak Prescott. Like I'm not saying I wouldn't even. I would hang up the phone if the team asked me to trade for Dak Prescott. Like he, you, he should say, I loved, I'm like, I like Dak Prescott more than the next guy, even as an Eagles fan. I'm big on the guy. I think he's a great quarterback, but he played bad and in a big spot. So he deserves, he deserves some, some criticism, but he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Also, I mean, the Cowboys just, this is the, they set an NFL record here. This is their 12th playoff appearance without making a championship game. 9,877 days since the last time that the Dallas Cowboys made a divisional champion a divisional game. I would have been about seven months old. You would have been about 11 months old. Yeah. Our entire life. Yeah. And they get hyped up every year as the best, the greatest show on. And Earth. this was a great opportunity for them. Like, that was a winnable game. Mm-hmm. My favorite tweet of the last night was. Dallas played in the NFC Championship game on January 21st, 1996. Jalen Hurts was born on August 7th, 1998. Baby Hurts grew up, learned how to play football, went to college, squatted 600 pounds, graduated, got drafted by the Eagles, and made it to the NFC Championship game before Dallas went back. Yeah. <laughs> That's spectacular right there. I saw David Akers like that yeah. one or something on my Twitter. That was a good one. 
All right, Warner. Anything else? Um, do we want to do our wards? I think we're going to have the same ones. Yeah, I did prepare a couple backups, but I think it's pretty cut and dry. Right? I, I was thinking, like, maybe we don't have to do it because, like, my MVP is Patrick Mahomes. Is that your MVP defensive player of the year is Nick Bosa? Same. You could make the argument for Micah Parsons, but, I mean, recency bias. Bosa looks better. Coach of the year, Brian Dayball. Yeah. Defensive or offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, I think that's it, right? Which other ones did, did I we throw on the list? Defensive rookie. Of the defensive year, rookie. Sauce. Of, okay, Sauce Gardner. Yes, yeah. offensive rookie. Of the year, I think it's Chris Olave, but this one was this one was the only one up for debate because could it be Brock Purdy? No, we're not doing this. He played. He played five games. No, 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 no. Chris we're ending. We're ending the fucking yeah. podcast. No, it's over. Anyways, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Warren and I will be back with weekly episodes going forward. Maybe even a couple of weeks during Super Bowl week. There's going to be so much coming up. We got coaching hirings coming up quarterback movement and it's the championship game so this podcast network is going to be your stop shop one stop shop for all things nfl thanks so much for tuning in guys if you're looking for eagles content run over and check out my episode with thomas pierce and we broke down the win and peeked ahead to the san francisco 49ers game and we will talk to you later